what God wants for Christmas. What do you think he wants for Christmas? Huh? You. We can send you there. Oh, well, a guy one time walked in and he says, who wants to go to heaven? People were getting their hands and finally this, everybody knew this guy wasn't saved. He said, don't you want to go to heaven? He said, I, I thought you were taking the bus load tonight. <laughs> Not tonight. Get your Bible out and go to the book of Acts. What does he want? What does he want? Does he even want anything? In my, in my new book that I'm putting out, the storyteller, I got a, it says, have you answered God's prayers, lady? Isn't that funny? We don't think like that. He's got prayer requests of his own. There's things he's looking at us and going, I've got some things I would like. So this is a funny title. I realize that. But, but we're going to talk about souls. We're going to talk about people being saved. I thought about breaking away from the normal sermon tonight and, and let's, let's, let's get outside of ourselves for a little bit. We're in the time of the year we're in, we're in a time of giving, we're in a time of thinking about other people, and we should. Um, the, the question is, and, and I was reading the Bible, I was reading this morning and I was thinking, have you ever thought about why he filled you with the Holy Ghost? Now, in all reality... There's a reason he filled you with the Holy Ghost. One of the reasons is so that he could teach you the Word and open up the Word. But let's read Acts 1. I want to read what it says here. One, let's start with verse 4. And being assembled together, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which said, You've heard of me. And John truly baptized you with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. That's not the new birth. You know that. They were already born again. Therefore, when they had come together, they said, Will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Isn't that a funny statement? Do you know why they asked that? They knew there was only seven years of Jewish time left. And they were waiting on him to come and restore. So they're still looking for the millennial reign. They're looking for it there. Isn't that funny? And yet they were, and you know, that's why sometimes we think we have the, something down like we know. And they, they knew there were seven years of Jewish time left, but they didn't know anything about the, the church age. They didn't know that. They didn't understand that. So he's going to answer that question because they're thinking, we've got a little time here. Millennial reign's going to start. And he said, it's not for you to know the times of the season the Father put in his own authority. That means he's the one controlling that. But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you, and you'll be what? Witnesses. You know what the Greek word witnesses is? It's the Greek word martyr. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to die for Jesus. But it does mean that he is asking you to lay your selfish life down and pick up something bigger than just you. And that really is what the Holy Spirit is about. So I'm going to read it that way. And you'll receive um, power, and you'll be my martyrs or proof producers in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. So in all reality, the real, the real reason for the Holy Ghost. Now, one of the things that I wanted to do tonight, and, and I'm going to see how much of it the Spirit of God will lead me to, I want to take a Wednesday night and talk a lot about the gifts of the Holy Ghost, the gifts of the Spirit. But primarily... 
when you start thinking of the gifts of the Spirit, though we want them, the Bible talks about coveting them, they're really not for you. They're not for you. The gifts are for people. Uh, You know, the policeman drives a car, but it ain't for him. He has a gun, but it ain't for him. You know, in the military, you get an airplane, but it ain't for you. So the, a lot of times the things we're looking, we're looking for what's going to benefit our life and our life alone. And all reality, that's not a good way to think. So I'm going to challenge that for a little bit tonight and go down this road just a little bit. Because we're going to talk about you ministering to other people. We're going to talk about people that need the Lord and how God wants to use you. That's the reason he filled you with the Holy Ghost. As a pastor, now listen to what I'm going to say. And this will be kind of the strongest thing I say all night, only slightly strong. People walk in a church, and when they get born again, they're all excited because like a baby, everything's about them. But five or ten years later, when the sermons are no longer thrilling you, you think that the Lord is moving you to another church where they have a deeper revelation for you. And he is not. What's happening to you is you're drying up because you have no outlet. You're just taking in and you're taking in and you're taking in and you're taking in. And sometimes when people come across your path that have problems, you think they're an inconvenience and God is trying to break the dam of selfishness off of you to get you to quit thinking of you. Now, one of the worst things about being sick is we have a tendency when we don't feel good to turn inward. And you get sick and you stay sick. And you don't realize why in the world have I not gotten better? Why is my life, my Christianity seems to be sick? So, I'm going to tell the story. I've told it before, but I found out from Mark Hankins and Brother Hagin that it don't matter how many times you tell a story, you need to hear it, you want to hear it, and I want to tell it. Now, right after I got born again, um, you know, Georgia has, I think the Georgia flower is poison ivy. As a matter of fact, if you haven't noticed it, my left arm right here. Uh, Lisa wakes me up in the night and she goes, quit scratching. I said, I'm asleep. She goes, you are not. <laughs> How in the world do you get poison ivy in Tennessee with your coat on? I don't have any idea. But anyway, it seems like when I go hunting, I always seem to come up with this mess. But, 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 in, but in Georgia one time, I was out doing in the garden. And I mean, I got that mess all over my body. I mean, in the summer in Georgia, it'll get like 105. You know, it gets hot here. But something about Georgia hot, there, I mean, there ain't no humidity and there ain't no wind. There ain't, it's just hot. And so, uh, so I'm in there in the bedroom, laying in the bed, scratching. Now, now, let me back up a minute. I'm in a mobile home. Now, I'm not anti-mobile home. If you live in a mobile home, we'll agree with you for a bigger, better home that's not made out of metal. But anyway, unless you, you want to buy a warehouse or a barn. But, um, you know, but I'm living in a mobile home. And the air condition in the mobile home cools off one-fourth of the living room. Y'all know what I'm talking about. If you want to be cold, you put the chair in front of it. 
If you don't put it in front of it, forget it. It ain't cooling that thing down. And so it wouldn't cool the closet down. So I'm in the bedroom. It's hot as blazes, and I'm reading the book of Job. Now, why not? Misery loves company. I mean, I, I'm serious. I'm in there reading, and I am having like the biggest pity party you have ever seen. And I'm in there scratching and itching and, and why me, God? And I'm not talking about my arm. I'm talking about from the neck to the toes, I am covered in poison ivy. And I mean, I can't even forget calamine. You just might as well turn into a pink monster if I could afford to buy that much. Anyway, so I didn't do that. So I'm in there feeling sorry for myself, and I'm, but I am praying, and even though I'm whining, God finally has mercy on me. Oh, he didn't heal me. There's this, this baby, this lady that lives next door brings her baby over, and the baby is in the living room screaming its head off. And, and I'm thinking, get the baby out of here. Do you all not know that me and Job are in here? I mean, when you're, in, when, you're in, when you're miserable, you think everybody should be miserable with you. And so, so this, this lady comes over, this baby is screaming, and it won't even take a breath. And I decided that I was going to get up and give her the look. <laughs> now, come on, I'm being honest. Y'all need to learn to be honest. And what that means is you give them the look, like, get the brat, go home. <laughs> and I had enough, and I walked into the living room to see the lady to give her the look, and the baby is, is in, her hand, in her arms, and his, his little fingers are digging into his hands, and, and, and he's like this, and he's screaming without breathing. And when I stepped in the living room, the Lord said, colic. And I went, oh, my God. Little baby is in pain. Well, the minute that I turned my attention to the baby, now, I know what I'm going to say right now. You will not believe what I'm going to say, but just take, take it by faith. I said, God, get, see, I was afraid to pray for the baby in front of her. Now, I used to be introvert. People go, no way, way. I was so introvert, I wouldn't even pray in front of that lady. I said, God. You want me to pray for this baby, you're going to get this woman out of here. And she, she looked at me and said, oh, I think I left my stove on, handed me the baby and ran out of the door. I'm standing there with this baby in my hand, and my heart went out to it. I go, oh, my God. And when my heart went out to the child, something in me came up came down my arms, I felt the anointing come down through my body and hit the baby. If she had been in there, she would have seen me, you know, jolt. And the baby instantly went to sleep. Now, I didn't know anything about falling out in the power. You know, I, I don't know. Any, I, see, y'all, I don't know nothing about nothing. But God instantly healed that child in my hands. The anointing hit that baby, and it went to sleep. And I went, that was quick. I really didn't even pray. 
Well, she comes running back in the door, and she grabs the baby out of my arms and said, y'all were talking about Jesus, and I knew if I brought my baby over here, y'all would pray for her. And she grabbed it and ran out of the house. Not, she didn't even say thank you or nothing. She just, out of the house she goes with the baby. Well, now I'm shocked more than she is that this baby just fell asleep in my hands. Later I found out that's called falling out in the power, but I didn't know babies fall out in the power. And so I'm walking down the hall, and the Holy Ghost said, now you. And he, the, the anointing hit me on the top of my head, wham, and all of a sudden God healed my whole body of poison ivy. Well, I was a little aggravated. You understand, I'm talking as a, as a baby, I mean baby, baby. I mean, I'm talking two or three months old in Jesus. Still long hair, still beard, still rough as an old cob, you know. Um, and, and I asked him, I said, what, what took you so long? I mean, I, I'm not thinking baby. I'm not thinking about what just happened. I'm just thinking about why did you heal me as I'm walking down the hall? I've been in there praying for hours. And he said, I couldn't. He said, I sent the child so that the anointing in you, you would turn your eyes off yourself on to someone else, release the life of God that you had in you into that child and empty yourself of that life. And all I did was refill you. And the refilling healed my body. What happened is I say this, and I'm not being vulgar, I had become a damn Christian. Damned up, not curse word. I, I, I was... I was I was restricting the anointing of God. Now, see, un unless you, as a born-again Christian, start learning to take what God has given you and give it away, you're going to damn up. And you're, you're going to sit around and go, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? The pastor used to be a good, decent preacher. Now, I don't got to wear anything out of service anymore. I mean, you know, I don't know. I think the Lord's calling us to go to another church. I mean, maybe there's somebody with a greater, deeper <laughs> revelation. <laughs> you know how many times I hear that? I go, oh, be blessed. And a year later, they come back and go, it's rough out there. <laughs> I want to look at this again. I want you to think about this. And you'll see power when the Holy Ghost come upon you and you'll be witnesses. What, what God wants you to start thinking about is people. You want the gifts. You need, you need to start thinking about somebody other than yourself. You need to start thinking about people. And, and that's where you're going to get your joy back. Because you've got to take, if, all, if you don't know a lot, you, you need to take what you do know and at least give it away. And I'm not take, talking about where you take everybody's problems and you become, people will dump their monkeys on you. I'm not talking about you taking their responsibility and their monkeys. That's why some of y'all quit witnessing because you helped somebody and they came and, and, and just dumped everything but the, in, including their bills on you. You know, I mean, they just... Oh, you're from God. Here's all my bills. <laughs> Help me with everything. I'm too lazy to do anything. And then you get tired of that. But you do need to have an, a, an outlet. So the Holy Ghost was given to you to get you 
to help people and minister to people. God loves people. And you know what he wants for Christmas? Souls. Now, you might say, well, wait a minute. There's like how many, 8 billion people, and that's a lot. Well, I'm not asking you to take all 8 billion, but you could take one. Between now and Christmas or after, you can get somebody saved. We're going to talk about the how of that now. Because a lot of times people don't know how to do it. Unless we're going to talk about how to do it. John chapter 4, if you would. Go to John chapter 4. Um, we're going to look at a few scriptures, like we always do. Like I always give you like 20 scriptures. 20 or 30 or 40 or 50. 34, it says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't say, there's still four months and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift your eyes and look at the fields. They're already white for harvest. And he who receives wages gathers fruit for eternal life that both would, that sow and reap may rejoice together. In other words, stop talking about another day. Today is the day to help someone else out. Now, again, I'm not talking about getting a gospel pistol where you get someone saved and you carve a notch in there, swing it, blow it, got them saved. We're, we're, we're talking about sincerely helping another human being get born again. And without Jesus, the, the world, what they need now is Jesus, period. In, you, you think, well, they, everybody comes to you, they, they had all these ideas of what they think they want, but I want you to know what they want. They want Jesus. They may not know they want Jesus, but they want Jesus. So no matter what question they ask you, you already know the answer. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a time right here. Go to, go to Acts 8. Friend of mine, you, I couldn't talk to him about Jesus unless he had a case of beer in him. Now, I know some of y'all think, why, you didn't sit there and watch him drink a case of beer? Why not? He's drinking whether I'm there or not. Let me tell you something. If, if hops would send you to hell, the popka water will send you to hell. I mean, I think beer might be better than a popka water. But anyway. I'm not, I'm not condoning it, but, but this buddy of mine, him and his friend Bobby, Gray and Bobby, any time they were down in a case, always wanted to talk about Jesus. And I think what happens is the beer loosened their tongue. So you have to understand that I'm not Freddy the Freeloader or Red Skelton. But this is pretty much the gray, way Gray would talk. Uh, I, 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 have a, I have a question. Do you think that Oral Roberts is going to get a hell for stealing a woman, money from a woman? <laughs> let's, let's, let's go back. He's, asked, he's opened up to talk about the Lord. But he starts off with oral. Oral is not what Gray needs. You don't need to talk to a sinner about tithing. You need to talk to a sinner about Jesus. So I looked at Gray and I said, Gray, let me ask you a question. Is stealing wrong? 
Well, heck yes, Ron. I said, is, if Oral is stealing money, would he go to hell? Or I think he would go to hell for stealing the money. I said, have you ever stolen anything? Yeah. Uh, well, then you're going to hell. I never thought of that. Here, he, See, he's all upset Oral's stealing money, but he steals too. So anyway, that day that we were having the Oral Roberts discussion, I led Gray to the Lord, got him born again. Now, he didn't look saved for a while. Does, does anybody here understand this? You know, the greatest thing that happens is for, you know, you, you, want, Jesus working, you want Jesus working on the outside, but you really want him working on the inside. And so after that, Gray's life didn't change completely. He got arrested for growing dope, and I took him a Bible, and then through it all, he ended up getting right with God. The last 10 years of his life, he's on fire for God. So it took a little while before that prayer that day <laughs> caught up. And he asked me one day, he said, do you think I'm saved? I said, are you miserable? He said, yes. I said, you're saved. I said, you used to sin and enjoy it, and now you sin and don't. And he goes, that's exactly right. I said, you have to be saved. He said, well, this is miserable. And I said, why don't you get right with God? And he goes, I think I will. So he did. And uh, the last 10 years of his life, he was on fire for God. But, you know, when we talk about people getting born again, the, the, the answer, the, the thing we need to talk about is, is the Lord. That's their issue. What are you going to do with Jesus? So in Acts 8... Um, I want to read this story now, starting with verse 4. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Now, they're, 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 there's a problem going on in Jerusalem. And Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitude, one accord, gave heed to things spoken by Philip here and seeing the miracles which did. Unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out, and many were possessed, and many were paralyzed and were healed. Now, what we're seeing here is Philip is a deacon, and he's preaching Jesus. So, so number one, in, in witnessing, go to Romans 1, and we're going to talk about the number one issue in witnessing. I'm not, let's read it off the screen, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power. The gospel is the power. Now, we're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit in a minute. But you don't want the gifts of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to help you, number one, share the gospel. He's going to also help you with, with the gifts of the Spirit if need be. Now, I'm going to stop here and say if need be for a reason. You can't push him to do it your way. You do it his way. If he doesn't give you a word of knowledge, don't worry about it. If he doesn't give you the ability to lay hands on someone like the child that I prayed for, don't worry about it. Don't come along and tell God how to do the job. You just do the job and let the Holy Spirit do his. So we're going to see Philip had, had miracles. And, and so we hear people talking today and they say, well, I need miracles. I need miracles. I need miracles. You don't need miracles. You need gospel. Because the gospel 
is the power of God. The miracles are, are, are to get their attention, but without the gospel, you can forget all of the gifts of the Spirit. So until you have trained yourself to talk to them about the Lord, they're not ever going to get born again until you open up and talk to them about Jesus, and you have to believe in it yourself. Amen. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you things that I have done, and you might think they don't work, but they do. Somebody will come along like Adam and say, Pastor, I'm having a bad day. I said, well, tell me about it. And he said, well, I'm having problems with my work, and I'm having problems with my mom, and I'm having problems with my dad, and I'm having problems with this, and I got this ache and pain in my body. And I said, well, Adam, would you like to pray about that? And Adam says, yes. And I say, well, pray after me. I say, Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus Christ died on that cross and rose from the dead for my sins. And I'm asking you to be the Lord of my life and help me with these other problems. Now, I'm not saying that we don't pray more about the other. But, but listen to me. You say, well, that's slippery. Yeah. He doesn't even know what he wants. I know what he wants. I know what he needs. I'm going to give him what he needs. He needs Jesus. And I get Jesus on the inside. Now we can pray about his bursitis and his job and all the other things. That the reason for all that mess is his relationship with the Lord. You say, well, that's slippery. Slide on. I love witnessing to sinners because they're so, they're crazy. See, y'all exciting. One day I'm in an apartment and I'm painting and there's this little redneck in there with me and he is like two shades from crazy. And I'm in there praying in the Holy Ghost and all that. And he goes, what do you say? And I said, I'm talking to God. And he says, what language is that? I said, I don't know. I'm, I'm in there minding my own business. I'm, I'm rolling and he's got a paintbrush painting. And I said to him and I said, um, at that time, I had a nice Toyota pickup truck. It wasn't the new one, but it was nice. I said, you like my truck? Because this, this kid, don't own, he owns a bicycle. He, he said, yeah. I said, you want it? He goes, you're giving it away? I said, well, not really. I said, if you ever come to work and you find my shirt, my pants, and my underwear and my shoes in a pile, you can have my truck. And he walks away and goes, thank you. He goes to the other room. He's painting. And he comes back and he goes, where are you going without your underwear? I said, well, I'm talking about if the rapture of the church takes place and Jesus catches me away and the tribulation period begins, you can have my truck. And he goes, I don't want to be here during the tribulation period. I said, are you wanting to get saved? He goes, yeah. I said, okay, bow your head. <laughs> Sinner, y'all have no idea. Sinners are fun. And don't be afraid to mess it up. They're already messed up. Ain't nobody even trying anyway. You say, well, I might mess up. I'm going to hell. What are you going to, what are you going to lose? <laughs> this is the time of year where we need to start thinking about 
somebody other than us. I'm being serious. We need to get outside of our little self and start thinking about the people around us that need that need help. Okay, that's the point of my sermon tonight. So, so in the book of Acts, go back to Acts 8, um, verse 14. When the apostles who were Jerusalem heard this, Mary heard, well, I don't want to do that. Verse 26, go to 26. The angel of the Lord spoke to Philip and says, Arise, go toward the south, the road called Gaza, of Jerusalem down to Gaza. This is the desert. He rose and went, and a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch, great authority, under Canaan's queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury, and came to Jerusalem to worship, was returning, sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The Spirit said, Spirit said, Spirit said, Go join yourself. Now, number two, number two, you know about the gospel. But number two, learn to listen to the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm not one of these people that witness to everybody that comes down the road. I don't, I don't talk to everybody. But I am walking around like my favorite Martin. Now, now, Debbie knows what I'm talking about. And you know what I'm talking about, and you do, because you all are all old. Er. Er. Y'all remember my favorite Martin had a little thing. Y'all remember the ones when his antennas got stuck and they couldn't go down? Y'all remember that? Anyway, you need to get your little Holy Ghost antennas up. God, is there anybody out there you want me to talk to? Okay. Because believe it or not, there are people who are ready. And I want you to start saying, no, here's one of the reasons we don't have more people to talk to. You're not asking. Father, is there anybody you want me to talk to about anything? It doesn't matter whether they're lost or not or unchurched or they're not living where they. I'm not talking about you taking them in your house and feeding them and clothing them for the rest of your life. I'm just, I'm just talking to you about getting them saved. I'm talking to them about ministering to them. Get to the place to where you are open to share. Some of you, go back to my original story about the poison ivy. One of the reasons why there's problems in you is you're not using the anointing and giving it away. You need to give truth away. Give the gospel away. Get interested. See, sometimes the problem you're having is you need to empty you, you need to unload what you have. It's, it's, you're stinking by now. You're, you're, oh, boy. So he went, so the spirit said to him, go near and overtake the chariot. And Philip ran to him and heard and said, do you understand what you're reading? He said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he opened up the Bible and he began to minister to him. Now, I want to read something to you out of my Smith Wigglesworth book. I love Smith Wigglesworth. Now, this is a fantastic story. And I read this when I first got born again, and it inspired me to do likewise. Okay. God gave me a great zeal in soul winning. Every day I sought to bring someone to Christ. I was willing to wait an hour any day to have an interview with anyone about his soul salvation. At one place, I waited an hour and a half asking God, direct me to the one. Um, I lost my place. Uh, of his choice, and the road was filled with people, and I kept saying, Lord, I want the right man, I want the right man. After a while, uh, I, I got someone impatient in my spirit, and I said, Lord, I don't have a lot of time to waste, and God did not 
did not call it wasted time. After an hour and a half, a man came along on a horse and a cart, and the Lord spoke to me just as he did Philip when he told him to go join himself to the chariot. I got in the cart beside the man, and soon I was talking to him about his need for salvation. And he growled, why don't you go mind your own business? Why are you picking and talking to me? I wondered whether I had made a mistake, and I looked up and said, Lord, is this the right man? And he said, yes, he's the right man. So I continued to talk and pled with him to yield his life to Christ. By and by, I saw he was shedding tears, and I knew God was softening his heart, and the seed was being watered. After, a, after I was sure a true work of grace had been wrought, I jumped down from the cart, and I went on my way. Three weeks later, my mother said, Smith, have you been talking to someone about salvation? I said, well, I'm always doing that, Mom. Well, I visited a man last night, and he was dying, and he had been in bed for three weeks, and I asked him whether he would like someone to come and pray with him. And he said, well, the last time I was out, a young man got in my cart and spoke to me. I was very rough with him, but he was very persistent. Anyhow, God convicted me of my sins and saved me. My mother continued, that was the last time that man was out. He passed away that night, and he described the young man who talked with him, and I could tell from his description that it was you. Now, that's a powerful story. What a powerful story. But I think sometimes I, I would like to give God a Christmas present. Father, is there anybody you want me to talk to? Now, understand something. Quit, quit waiting until you become perfect to do anything. You'll never get any good if you don't start. You say, what if they ask me a question I don't know? Say, I don't know. But I'll get back with you. Listen to me about people. I'm not talking about turn and burn. I'm talking about people coming up to you honestly, and they start talking about their problems. What they're really asking you for is prayer. That's what they're asking you for. They are wanting, they're wanting to bend your ear and tell you all their woes. And I want you to look at them and listen and get in, interested in them because it's a big deal. They literally don't know why. Now, when they say, I'm a Christian, that means nothing. They, they are Christian because they're an American. That means they're not Muslim. Let me stop right here in the middle of getting Paul saved <laughs> and tell you another story. I'm in the Bahamas, and I'm walking down the road, and there's, a, there's an elderly woman out in the, in, sitting on a stool outside her house. They don't have air conditioning in their house, so it's cooler outside than it is inside, so you understand that. She's outside, and she's shredding coconut for peas and rice and coconut. And if you've not had any Bahamian peas, rice, and coconut, it is very good. So she's shredding coconut, and I walked up to her, and I said, we're having a meeting tonight. We'd love to have you come. And she says, oh, I'd love to come, you know. And I said, are you a Christian? She said, I go to this church, the Anglican church up the road here. And I said, oh, that's awesome. She said, I've been going every Sunday. I've never missed a Sunday since I was just a little girl. My mama took me when I was just a baby. She said, I've been there every Sunday. All of my life I've been to church. I've never missed church. She's saved? No, she's not saved. She doesn't even know what I'm talking about. Um, Anglicans believe they're saved because they're good. There's another story. I won't go down that road. So I looked at her and I said, well, let me ask you a question. Have you ever asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life? She goes, I don't think I understand that. I opened up. 
So John 3, 16, I said, well, you do believe he died on the cross for you and rose from the dead. Oh, I believe that, man. Yeah, man, I believe that. I said, well, let's read Romans 10. Have you ever asked him to be the Lord of your life? I can't say I've ever remembered the day I've prayed that prayer. I said, you ready to pray it? Oh, yeah, I'd like to know. Yeah, sweet lady, going to hell. Nobody ever stopped and talked to her about the Lord. So I got her born again. That night, we're doing a, a crusade down by the fig tree. Joe Hurston's preaching, and he preaches the gospel, and then he gives an altar call. But I'm watching a whole bench of senior citizens that didn't raise their hand and didn't say a word. And I know they go to the Anglican church, and they're not saved. And they didn't understand what he said. You got to be a little more perceptive. Now, we're talking about being led. Philip went down the city of Samaria and preached Christ to the people, one accord came to them. Then the Holy Spirit said, Go to a road called Zadie and join yourself to this chariot. Sometimes you need to be sensitive to what God's going I want you to talk to them. He didn't say fix all their problems, just talk to them. So I walked over and I said, Joe, can I give a second altar call? He said, Whatever the Lord says. So I walked up to the bench of seniors and I said, Let me, and I went through the peas and carrots and rice and the Anglican church and the woman that went, and all of them said the same thing. We've been going to church all of our life, man. We've been in the Anglican church. We never missed a Sunday. I said, how many of you have ever asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life? They all looked at me and went, no. I said, are you ready? And they went, yes. I got about eight old people saved that we're fixing to die and go straight to hell. Yeah. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? I'm not, I'm, this is not as hard as you think, idiot. We're talking about people who are ready, and nobody's ever even looked at them and cared enough to ask them. I'm not talking about getting in a fight with people. There's people who want to fight with you, like this man with Smith. But we're talking about people that are ready. And then you got people that are not ready. And don't be afraid to share with them because maybe you're watering a seed. Maybe they need to hear from you. All right. Um, Luke 10. Go to Luke 10. Now, the, 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 the real secret to, to witnessing is the Holy Spirit. Why do you think he gave him to you? To help you. You say, I don't know what to say. Let me tell you something. You're going to say things you never thought of. You're going to start saying things. You, you're like, oh, I did not even know I knew that. You're going to be amazed at how much you say when the Holy Spirit gets on you. But he doesn't do anything until you start. You've got to begin. So let's go to Luke. He said to them, the harvest is great. The laborers are few. Pray the Lord of the harvest and laborers. Do what? Not only pray for the people in your family that need the Lord, but now I want you to pray over your harvest, and I want you tonight to go, Father, I want you to use me. Amen. And don't come and say, I feel used. <laughs> I feel like the church is just using me. Yeah. We are. Yes, amen. <laughs> All right. But you have to be sensitive to the fact that I would like... I would like to, to, get, to truly see someone get born again this year and see them come out of darkness to light. 
And when, and, and when, you, when they do, I don't want you to be disappointed if they don't turn into a, flay, a flaming saint in a week. Now, Gray still smoked dope and drank for a, a little bit of time. So he said to me one day when I, I was home, and the Lord said, I want you to go to Georgia and go deer hunting. And I'm thinking, yeah. That means God has a big buck for me. Y'all thought I was more spiritual than that, but I'm not. So I go to Georgia, and I shoot a spike. And I said, God, you brought me up here for a spike. You know, I mean, I, the deer ran out in front of me, which was a pure sign to me that he wanted to be shot. Right. At least that's what I thought. So I'm down there, I cut up the deer, and I hang him up, and I debone him and all that. And I'm breaking camp, and Gray comes up and pulls up a big hunk of pine tree. That's called a chair for you Yankees. That's <laughs> what we sit on in the woods. We don't have rocks in Georgia. We have big stump. We, we cut them with chainsaw. That's a chair. That's whole, yeah, we don't put backs on them. We just stump. So Gray pulls up a log, and he looks at me, and he starts talking to me about the Lord. And he said, uh, I had an encounter with God the other day. And I stopped and went, so that's what you're doing, God. And he said, all of my life, I've been afraid I would die at 40. Because he had type 1 diabetes. He said, I'm 40, and the Lord spoke to me audibly in my trailer. He said, you need to get it right. He said, Daryl, scared me. So I asked God to get you up here. I said, we could have got a bigger deer for this. Could we not have done? And I sat down there, and I ministered to a guy that I had led to the Lord before. But now he's ready to lay it all down. God had been working in him. God had been working on him. But uh, that was the day he laid his dope and beer, liquor, he laid it down. And um, he got a hold of Dwayne Sheriff's cassettes, which were free. Gray was tight, tighter than you would ever dream. Never mind. He, he always bought used tires and put on his truck. He was just tight. So he didn't pay for nothing. So he, anytime someone had a free cassette, he would take it. So he got a hold of Dwayne Sheriff's stuff, and he loved Dwayne. And for the next 10 years, he was just on fire for God. He went out and bought a brand-new pair of red wing boots for church. And a new white T-shirt. Dressed up too, baby. That's Lisa. This is all true. But you know, but, but the fact that he made a statement to me after that, he said, I always hated when you came up. I said, well, that doesn't really make me feel good. He said, every time I saw you, I knew where I should be. He said, you, your life has been such a light to me. Even though I led him the Lord. and he went, You don't realize what just you being with people, loving on people, what's going on in them just because you're there. And that anointing. So I got to tell a story right now that has nothing to do with nothing. One morning about 4 o'clock in the morning, I get to graze. The sun hadn't come up. 
and I just walked in his mobile home. Now, he never, he don't lock it. And I've just opened up the back door and stepped in. He's got a big place in his back where he's got a wood stove. He don't have no heat in the trailer. He's got a big wood stove in there, and he heats up this whole house. And I stepped into his bedroom, and I said, hey, good morning, Gray. And he's got a 45 pointed at me. He said, you ought to thank God you're alive. I said, why? He said, when, he said, I heard someone in my house, and I pulled my gun out. He said, but someone said, it's Daryl. I said, that would be an angel. He said, that's exactly right. <laughs> anyway, y'all need to know that story. So, so soul, that's my, um, asked to be used. Acts 4, look over at Acts 4. Asked, ask to be used. Let's talk about prayer here for a minute. Let's get to prayer. We're talking about praying for the lost right now. How many of y'all are ready to give God Christmas? Amen. Get, I'm going to get you ready. Acts 4, 23. And being let go, they went to their companions and reported all the chief priests and elders said. When they heard that, they raised the voice and said, Lord, what is it that you made heaven and earth? And who by the mouth of your servant David, why did nations rage, people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. Verse 27, truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, Herod, Pontius Pilate, uh, the rest of the Democratic and Republican Party and the Gentiles and the people of Israel gathered together to do whatever your hand did and the purpose determined for to be done. I want you to look on their threats and grant to your servants that you will get them out of office and kill them all. I know some of y'all are praying that. Kill them, God, kill them. Just kill all of them. Kill them in Arizona and kill them in Georgia right now and just kill a bunch of people, God. No, y'all aren't praying that way. Not, not exactly. All right. Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they would do what? You need to start asking God right now, Father, give me boldness to speak your word. There's a boldness. You know this. You know this, you've shared it, Jesus, when all of a sudden you get this boldness comes on you. And I mean, it's like ain't all they can do to get you to be quiet. You're just, I'm preaching now, baby. And it is, the, it is God. It's the anointing of God. There are people that you know, I'll never meet them, and you'll never get them in church. If you don't take the two of them, they'll never hear it. Okay, I want you to start tonight praying for them. Okay. All right. I'm going to tell my other story in a minute. Uh, by, it, it, now, now listen to this. By stretching out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders will be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they prayed, the place they were assembled was shaken, and they were filled with the Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. Now, now um, let's go back to this, the Holy Spirit helping you. Because he's in there to help you witness. Not only to know who to talk to, but what to say. I'm just going to tell you one story again. I've told it to you before, but you need, but you need to hear these stories. Right after I got born again, there was a boy that came to work at Certain Teed, and I think his name was CJ. Now, he was a young African-American boy that had uh, crossed eyeballs. 
And I didn't like, I didn't like the fact that I never could tell who he's looking at. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Uh, I was like, oh, are you looking at me? Or are you looking over? Where are you looking? But this boy had a bad attitude. I mean, I, I just didn't like him at all. So I prayed for him. God, get him out of here. I did. Isn't that praying for people? I don't like him. He has an attitude. And you need to get him out of there because he's interrupting my peace. Every day this guy comes to work. He's a smart aleck. He has nothing nice to say. He don't like anybody. Well, I don't like him. And then the Holy Spirit entered when I started praying for him to be removed. I am praying for him. The Bible says pray for those. And the Lord said to me, if you knew him, you wouldn't pray that. And I said, what gives? I said, God, I don't like him. He's a smart aleck. He said, that's because you don't know him. I said, and we're talking Holy Spirit. He said, he rides a Harley Davidson Sportster. Now, if he had a Honda, I might have liked him a little better, but he rode a Harley. <laughs> and he is driving at work every morning with nothing but a shirt on. And I'm thinking, what an idiot. But he didn't own a coat. And the Lord said, have you noticed he doesn't have a coat? And I went, yeah, stupid. <laughs> now, see, I'm the one with the attitude. I, I know that. I already know I got a bad attitude. I didn't know I had a bad attitude. I thought I was really being good, praying God to get him out of his job. But it reminded me a little bit of Robert. <laughs> but the Lord said to me, he has never lived in a home. He's always been raised by an aunt or a family member, and he's always been made to sleep on the couch in the living room. He's never had a bedroom. He's never had a family. He's never been loved or accepted by anyone. He has lived in hell all his life. And the reason he's here is he left New Jersey, bought a motorcycle, and rode it down. No, don't even own any clothing and got the job here at Certainty. He said, I he said, I want you to give him coat. I went, whoa, okay. So I had another coat at home. It was an old army coat. You know the kind with the fur in it? The, yep. I brought it to work one day and I walked up and I said, TJ, the Lord told me to give you this coat. Well, what he said to me, I can't say because we're in church. Yet <laughs> it went something like, no honky. I don't want your stuff. And he proceeded with a lot of other adjectives about what he thought of this coat. I don't need your coat, white boy, you know. And so I, I looked at him and I said, not only am I going to give you this coat, but I'm going to give you an apology. I said, I don't like you. And he said, well, I don't like you. I said, well, the Lord told me about it. And he got mad. He said, what did the Lord tell you about me? I said, well, he told me. And I described his family. I described his, 
He stood there in front of me, and he began to weep. It's so cold outside that the tears on his face are freezing on his cheeks. I said, TJ, I'm sorry. I didn't know. I said, you have a friend. He took the coat. And we became friends. Now, I want you to understand something. I know about witnessing, but I don't know about him. You know, when Jesus is talking to the woman at the well, y'all need to pray and say, God, I mean, I'm being serious. I'm not talking about being super spiritual. Is there anything that you need to say to me that would help me with this person? Because I'm not getting through. They're, they got a wall up. And I'm not saying that every time it'll be like this because I've had other people I've talked to and they never told me nothing. But, but it's amazing how many times I've sat with people and I've gotten tags about them. And I would say, do you need prayer about this? And they're like, yes. I said, well, do you mind if we pray about that? How'd you know that? I said, well, I just... I think the Lord just showed me something. I just want to pray for you. You know, the Lord will help you with people. And, and I mean, I could probably, we could be here all night telling story after story after story. But it's not to make me spirit. Look at me. God gets all the glory because he loves people. He, and he knows that without the Holy Ghost, you're going to fall short often. But if you walk with God and pray over people when you get around, there's times he'll walk up and say, I want you to talk to them, and I want you to minister to them, and I want you to help them out. And it may not be that dramatic. That was quite a dramatic day for me to look at him and tell him his history from the time he was born till him getting on his motorcycle and coming down. And he's blown away that God cared enough to tell me. And, and, and I mean, that's what blew him away, that God even cared. I mean, nobody's ever cared about me. So I'm really telling him, God cares about you because I don't like you. You're a jerk, but God likes you. And so him and I became friends. And I wouldn't say close friends. We weren't close. But we, but we got along after that pretty good. You know, he greeted me, hello, Daryl. Hey, TJ, how you doing today? Good, man. Hey, man, how you doing? How's the coat? I'm doing good. Thank you for the coat, you know. And God began to work with his life while he was down, get him a place to live, get, help him out. But he needed, he needed some love. He just needed some love. He needs Jesus. All right, am I doing all right? There's people like that around us everywhere, and, and, and their lives are messed up, and we know they're messed up because they act messed up. What do you think a sinner is supposed to act like? A sinner. You know, one thing I love about um, this lady right here, when I first met her, she's a handful. And she told me, she says, I'm a handful. I says, I believe you. But can you look past it? at what they would be like if they knew God. You know, one of the things about being a complete heathen like myself, I've never forgot it. I never forgot where I came from. 
I never forgot that everything I have today was a gift from God. All right, good. I'm glad y'all get in there. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Um, Acts 8, 26. I think we read that. We did. So Acts 10, Acts 10, verse 17. While Peter wondered within himself about the vision that he had, what he meant, men from Cornelius made an inquiry at his house and stood, and they called and said whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. And while Peter thought about the vision, the Spirit said, Behold, three men are looking for you. Rise and go with them. Get them, go down with these guys. I want you to go, I want you to go do this. Now, let me tell you, we're reading our Bible, and we're reading these stories the Holy Spirit is the one who's had, he's the CEO of the church. And, and without him, you're just playing church. But with him, you're not playing church anymore because he'll lead you and guide you in what to do, who to talk to, who not to talk to, and who to help. Now, I'm going to tell the story again. I've told it before, but you need to hear it again. Uh, I think Barbara actually helped me write the story in the book. But the, the time that I was praying about where to go do ministry, because I'm called to ministry. I've been in Rhema two years now. I'm anointed and called to ministry. And I was praying diligently, God. Every day I went off to an apartment alone, and I'm walking around praying in the Holy Ghost. And I am, I'm walking and praying like Brother Hagin and like Kenneth Copeland. And like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm doing everything they taught me how to be a mighty man of God, praying in the Spirit. And the Lord says to me one day, he says, your boss is not safe. And I said, so? God, she's Italian. Y'all know what I'm talking about? That's like worse than Puerto Rican, honest to God. Which is way worse than Mexican, which is, never mind, I'm teasing. I'm teasing, I'm teasing. Don't throw, that, don't throw anything at me. I'm just messing with y'all, okay. But she really was, you know, women bosses seem to think they have to prove, oh, she was hard to work for. I mean, she didn't talk, she screamed. Hey, girl, get in here. Um, you can bring that down about 10 decibels and just. So, I mean, I just kind of had a problem with her attitude. So, when God says she's not saved, I'm like, good. We, we are in agreement on that. <laughs> you are observant. Yeah. And she can stay that way for all I care. So, he says to me, your, your boss, Jan, is not saved. He said, and until she gets saved, don't talk to me about ministry. I said, that is not fair. I've been out here two years studying to be in ministry, and I see, I'm thinking platform. I'm not thinking people. I'm thinking platform, title. Yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about. If we could just ever make it to the big time, baby. He said, until Jan gets saved, don't talk to me. And that really bothered me because what if she doesn't? Are you serious? I'm stuck in Tulsa? No. I am. This place has no trees. I mean, Tulsa is like not where you want to live. 
So every day now, I'm not praying for me, my ministry. I'm praying for her, a person. I hadn't got it yet. Some of y'all are ahead of me already, but I hadn't got it yet. Go back to the baby. I didn't get it all when I the baby thing. I now I'm praying for people. How odd. God, save Jan. <laughs> Get her to church. <laughs> Do something, God. I mean, I'm in there praying for Jan. I walked in my office after one day I was praying, and she said, where do you go to church? And I went, I go to Grace Fellowship. <laughs> she said, well, I want to go. I said, yes, you do. And so the next Sunday, I'm praying, oh, God, make sure she gets out of bed. Make sure that nobody stops her. Make sure the phone don't ring. Make sure the tires on the car don't go out. Make sure the baby don't throw up on her. Oh, God, help her get to church. In the name of Jesus, get her to church. Satan, get off her. You're not going to stop her from getting to church, getting saved. She went to church, didn't get saved. Oh, God, I was so mad. Three Sundays, she's in there listening to Bobby Andy and preaching. Now, my now, I'm in the prayer room during the Preaching. I don't care what Bob Dandy is. I'm in there praying in the prayer room for Jan's salvation. Third Sunday, she walks forward. and gets born again. Oh, my God. I'm out of here. I'm out of here, baby. God, I'm going. I'm going. I'm leaving. Woo. And so I got back in the office, and Jan's walking up and hugging me. And she goes, thank you for telling me about that church. I did love it and all that. And the Lord said, her husband's not saved. And I said, that ain't right. <laughs> it's not right, God. It's not right. I, I, and, I, and that's when I said, I ain't waiting on Bobby Andean. <laughs> Bobby Andean, you take too long to get people saved. And I walked up to Scott, and I said, Scott, what do you think about what happened to Jan? He goes, well, I've been thinking about it. I said, open your Bible. <laughs> now, see, I used to, this is where I got bold. This is where it began with me. I said, open your Bible to John 3, 16. He read it, and he read down to 20, and I said, do you believe he died on the cross and rose from the dead? He said, yeah. I said, open Romans 10, 9, and 10. And he opened Romans 10, 9, and 10. I said, are you ready to pray? And he said, I am. I said, go, let's go. And I prayed with him, and I said, two, there's two, two God. And they said, we want you to come to dinner tonight. When they did, they had a friend named Ron, used car salesman, and the Lord said, I said, I, I, no, no, you don't need to say it. I know, I know, God. Right there at the dinner table between the potatoes and all the food, I led Ron to the Lord, and he taught me how to buy a new car off the showroom floor for $500 over sticker. So God bless me. I got my car, and, and the Lord moved me here. And you might think, well, what did you tell me that story for? Because that was the day I found out ministry it's not a place. It's people. Ministry is people. Church is not about you come and sit and listen to me preach. That's good. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're listening. I'm glad you're enjoying the sermon. I'm glad. Let me, let me tell you something. This, this is worthless. If you don't ever get up and all of your faith and all of your knowledge and all, your, and all you ever do with it is just consume it on yourself. That's pretty brutal but I'm as brutal as God was with me. Listen, there's people around you every day. God wants you reaching out and just reach out and touch someone like Bell South. Just be, just be like old Ma Bell. Boy, that went over real good. So anyway, the Spirit of God told Peter, he said, I want you to get up and I want you to go there. I want you to go with them, nothing. And, and God sent him where? To a place to do something that was, un he went to a Gentile's home. And I've never been to a Gentile's home. 
There's a lot of things God will ask you to do, and you'll go, Woo, are you serious? You want me to go in there and <laughs> talk to them? I led a prostitute to the Lord one time. When I say a prostitute, let me just get, and she was, a prostitute would have been nice. When I'm in an apartment complex and she comes up, and, and I mean, you, when someone's a sinner, I mean, they, we're talking bad. And I'm talking to it, and the Lord said, I want you to talk to this girl about me. And I'm in there doing some in an apartment, and, you know, back then, I didn't think like I do now, but I was in apartments with girls and women all the time. Now I probably would never do that. But anyway, she looks at me and says, I can't be saved. I said, yes, you can. She said, no, no, I can't. She said, I'm bad. And I said, how bad are you? She said, well, and then she told me about abortions. I said, well, God can forgive that. She said, well, I'm going to tell you something I never told anybody. I killed my dad's best friend. I mean, she's serious. She said, I've killed people. I've had abortions. I'm a drug addict. I sat down and prayed a sinner's prayer with that girl. Took me a while, took me a while. Well, she went to Calvary Assembly that, that weekend in short shorts and a halter top. And they wouldn't let her in. I don't know why. Paul's wondering. I don't know why they wouldn't. So she knocks on my door one night. She, she's screaming at me. You, there's Jesus, there's Jesus. And she's all angry. And I said, whoa, I can't remember her name now. And I reached up to touch her, and a man spoke out of her. Don't touch us. I went, Shondi, and I grabbed her head and cast the devil out of that girl. Got her back walking with God and about her back filled with the Holy Ghost. Don't be surprised at what God asks you to do. <laughs> you say, I'd like to cast the devil out. You may get your chance. <laughs> and some of the people that I've talked to and some of the people I've ministered to, and, but they're people. And God loves them. The madman of Gadara, he's a human. And we're, we're almost like we're afraid of that. But you don't need to be afraid of anything. That's why he said, don't leave Jerusalem until you're endued with power. That power, you have power to do this. You are equipped. You're over-equipped to do the job. But yet, we're still sitting around America waiting on God to show up and take us to heaven. And there's still people going to hell. Well, we don't give a rip. <laughs> Let them go to hell. They need to. They're all Democrats or Republicans and they're rhinos. And then just get us out of here, Jesus. Well, he's not going to. He's not getting out of here until the job's done. Oh, sorry about that. Y'all wanting another sermon like how could I have a better day or something. I'm trying to help you with that, you know. <laughs> You want to look at another one, Acts 13, 2. Now, at the church was Antioch were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul, and as they ministered to the Lord, the Holy Spirit said, 
Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work I've called them to. And as they fasted and prayed, laid hands on them, they sent them away. When's the last time you were in a prayer meeting and the Holy Ghost went, I think I have something I want you to do. You need to have some prayer meetings like that. Because he said, as the Father sent me, send I you. What do you think he's doing in you? He's making a man of God, a woman of God out of you. What do men and women of God do? They minister. You say, well, I don't know how. Well, open your mouth and he'll teach you. You know, Todd White, I love Todd White. I mean, a lot of people don't like Todd. I love Todd. Todd's sitting in church. I mean, he's a weird-looking dude. I mean, he ain't, never even, he ain't never even washed his hair in like 100 years. <laughs> if he has, the soap's never even gotten through. It just, I had a dog that was that bad. I mean, it's just matted. Some people say it's a style, but my dog was in style. I mean, it was. <laughs> but he watched the preacher and said, I think I can do that. And he went out and started praying for people who were sick for one year. You know how many people got healed? None. Nobody. Finally, one day, one person recovered. Oh, he had a Holy Ghost fit. I, w- I would have been like, not. I tried that. He was so excited someone got healed. Well, how are you ever going to learn anything if you don't ever do it? You think you're just going to be an evangelist because you talked to one person? I'm going to be a pro. That day I talked to Scott, that's all I knew. A lot of what I know was because I had people talk to me and I didn't know what to say. And they'd, after a while, they all, they all say the same thing over and over and over. After a while, yeah. it don't take long to figure out they ain't got nothing to say. <laughs> oh, Robert steals money. What do you think about tithing? Do you think the church ought to have all that money and that Benny Hinn ought to have a jet? That's about all they know. They don't know squat. That's another one. That's a, that's funny. What's God want for Christmas? Aren't you glad you're saved? Don't you wish everybody was? Well, we're just waiting on the Lord. I have a sneaky feeling he's waiting on you. I got one more scripture, John 4, 2. Go to John 4. All I'm doing tonight is stirring you up a little bit. That's all I want to do. I just want to come here and stir you up. You want to know about the gifts of the Spirit? I want you to know all about the gifts of the Spirit. I want you to know all about the gifts of the Spirit. Let me help you with the gifts of the Spirit. If you ain't helping nobody, you don't need them. If you want a gun, you don't need a gun. If you're a cop, you need a gun. I want a gun. You don't need a gun. You want to be in the military? Yeah, I want to be. Yeah, now, now you need a gun. You see, you don't, you don't need a word of knowledge if you ain't got a sinner in front of you that needs a word of knowledge. And you don't need gifts of healing if you ain't got some sick person in front of you that needs healing. If you ain't got no sick people, in, if you ain't got no sinners around you, you don't need no gifts at all. You don't, even, you don't need any of that stuff. You don't need all that. I want me one of them cars with the lights on top, and I want me a gun. Oh, you want to be a cop? Oh, no, I just want the car. Now, I would like to hand out tickets to all the people on the phone. I want a special ministry to give tickets to people on the phone at a green light. 
It's green. God, are you working on my love walk right now? Because you're doing real good right now. Just It's green. Go. So I want to be a cop too. But anyway, Barbara, am I doing all right? I mean, this is, she says, I think he's just a little drunk. That's what happens when you drink a lot. John 4. This is, this is such a powerful. When the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus didn't baptize, he left Judea and parted for Galilee. And he needed to go through Samaria, Samaria, in the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the spot of ground Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat down at the well. It was about six hours. A woman of Samaria came, and Jesus said, give me something to drink. Now, I saw a thing on Facebook says says, you thought he came for water, but he came for me. Now, now this is not some super-duper spiritual thing going on here. He's just sitting down at the well. But see, you need to understand, contrary to the movie, men didn't talk to women. That's why that movie, what's that movie with Jesus? What's that movie coming out now about? Chosen. Chosen. That thing is totally 100% unscriptural. I mean, he's running around in women's houses and all that. They don't do any of that stuff. Yeah, anyway, never mind. I'll never, I'll never watch it again, but I'm not trying to tell you not to watch it, but I'm telling you if you do, you're crazy. <laughs> I did, I did, I ruined it, I just ruined it. But him to sit and talk to her, because men didn't talk to women. I, when Lisa and I, when we were going over to Israel, I got a, up in business class, and Lisa looked at me and said, I want to sit up there. Well, she's wanting my chair. And I'm sitting next to a Jewish man, and she sat down, and he moved. And he's sitting next to a woman. It's beyond his dignity to sit near a woman. Anyway, huh? Well, they set me in my chair next to a very large person. And he was in his chair and mine. Now, I think that they ought to have charged him for two seats. No, that's mean. I know I'm mean. I'm not. But I couldn't sit in my seat. It was half gone and I'm not small I am a little supersized but I'm not fat but I am a little on the supersized I'm just a little extra I told Lisa I'm not fat just fluffy just fluffy but I couldn't I couldn't so the, I said stewardess enough since so she moved me to business and so that was the blessings of God and Lisa thought that she should have the blessings of God and that's called stealing my blessing. <laughs> but anyway, she went up and sat down, and that guy got up and moved. So back to Jesus talking to this woman. we got to go. Now, look, look at this. He, he said, give me something to drink. The guy, they had gone in the city to buy food. The woman of Samaria said, how is, how, how is it you being a Jew asked me, a woman, for something to drink? And he said, if you knew the gift of God, who get, he's getting into conversation with her. And right in the middle of it, he says, get your husband. He knows. She said, I don't have a husband. He, he looks at her and says, you had five. Now, do you think she's impressed with that? Yeah, she is. So I said that for this one reason. 
did, why would Jesus, who is God incarnate, need the gifts? Because he operated as a man. Did he need the gifts? Why does the church think they don't? You're not going to do what you need to do without the Holy Spirit. You're not going to be effective without his help. Now, I'm not saying that you'll have a word of knowledge or the healings every time you sit with somebody. But I am asking you to do this. As you begin to pray about people and as you begin to pray, expect him to show you and expect him to help you. Expect it. You'll see things you've never seen in your life just because you reached out to help another person. The Spirit of God will help you because he loves that person. You get interested in someone else. This is the season that we think about other people. Let's do, let's start off. It's not even December yet, is it? Or is tonight? Tomorrow's December. We're doing good. Let's start off this season not like me laying in the bed feeling sorry for yourself. Get up. Go lay hands up. Go minister to somebody and watch what God does in you. A lot of the things you're praying about will start happening when you get focused off of my world and the people like, well, what about my next door neighbor? Well, I don't even know their name. Well, hello. Yeah, well, this lady at work, she's a pain. I get it. Won't you pray over? Ask the Lord, is there anything you want me to say? Is there anything you want me to do? Don't try to make it happen. Just start praying. Praying over people. Praying over circumstances. Get your mind off you right now. Get it off you. And say, Father, wherever I go, whatever I'm doing, I'm available to be used. And I'll tell you this. Many of you will come back in January, and I want you to walk in here on a Wednesday night and go, I have a story. I had a at the well. I had a baby come in. I Pastor, you would not believe what the Lord did through me. Now, I'm going to pray right now. Everybody in the room, are you all game? Father, everybody in the sound of my voice, I mean online too, everybody, I'm asking them, I'm giving them a challenge. They're going to all lead someone to the Lord. If they don't, I want them to get someone out of fellowship back in fellowship. I'm asking you to lead them and guide them and show them it doesn't have to be one. It could be more than one, but I want one. I want at least one, Father. And I want you to show them who it is. I want you to use them in the gifts of the Holy Ghost to help. I want them to experience what it's like to have a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom or the compassion of God flow out of their body and bring healing to somebody. I'm asking you to give them one soul to give to you this Christmas. And I'm going to trust you for that. So we're all in agreement. In Jesus' name, I have a soul 
Bring them to me, Father. Show me what to do in Jesus' name. That's a good challenge, isn't it? Well, don't be surprised if I don't come back next January and go, two. We're going to get two. I'm going to do you like God did me. You're praying about all the stuff that don't matter. Pray about something that does matter. God bless every one of y'all. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.